every member of the organization has to be trained in sales. You don't have to be an expert salesperson. You just have to understand what the sales process is because everyone in go-to-market is in the business of selling. I couldn't agree with Rosie more. Everyone plays a certain role in the go-to-market process, but the most important thing is in the way that each function understands each part of the funnel and how that plays together as a key role to driving business success. There has been an evolution in the go-to-market process over the last few years. Even if CS is not directly tied to quota, they must have the business acumen to help drive recurring revenue through recurring impact. It's up to the leaders of each go-to-market function to enable on this very skill set of a revenue-oriented customer success team to drive renewals year over year. How are you working with your teams to drive this discipline and giving purpose to every customer interaction? We have this awesome customer day-to-day there in green as anything, but we're doing now these account reviews with the entire C-suite to make sure all of us are keeping really clear and understand what's going on with our base. You said they're green, but they've been live for four or five months and they're using the low value use case and they've only done X, Y number of leads. Like they're not green, but the working level team is super satisfied person who spent the money on that contract is probably not satisfied. So even though they are controlling the pace, a lot of the tooling for my team is you've got to drive that because when it comes to renewal, the buyer is not going to be okay with the fact that his or her team was okay going slower, but then didn't get the value of the contracts. Part of that urgency of you can't be okay just because your customer tells you okay, like you need to have the business acumen to say, No, you're really not pacing to results in a way that's going to stand the test of a procurement review or it's making it in the customer terms of what's best for them and why. CSMs in general who are there and built to drive their customer success or advise their customers, if the customer's pace is different, they might be okay, too okay previously with Mm -hmm. that pace. But then you have to a renewal and someone who's in a buyer sees, wait, no, you only got 75% of the results I thought you were going to. We have to drive that discipline much more now than we did before. Having been a sales rep, there was a point in time where I never even knew what retention meant. It was just like, close the deal, get the DocuSign, and job is done, and I never have to think about it again. And obviously, AEs can't survive in this economic climate with that kind of mindset. And at the same time, there's all these skills that CSMs need from discovery, pressure testing, champion versus coach, perhaps even medic, deal inspection. Like when you think about reskilling even just your own CS organization, what are the skills that you want to teach them and what is the process in which you get them there? Yeah, I love it. So I do think both sides need to have sort of this cross-pollination and retraining to CSMs in particular. A lot of this has been around discovery. Like how do you ask the direct hard question? Like ask for the renewal. Do you intend to renew? And if people equivocate, then you need to go dig into it. Why? What are your priorities? Have your priorities changed? Who's off the page? You need to influence. There's all these sets of scaffolding questions you need to get into the why of it. I can see CSMs across my entire career who happily send out a renewal and then they just wait to see if someone's responded and then they're surprised. If Mm -hmm. it two days before the renewal, they get this negative response. They're like, but we sent it out. It's like, yeah, but did you have the conversation? Did you ask for it? Did you find out, especially right now, We have a lot of private equity firms that are buying companies. They are being informed and told they have to slash things by 50%. And so you need to know that you're in that top tranche of priorities for your stakeholder and then your stakeholder stakeholder. There's a totally different retooling around the depth of your discovery, 
your competitive analysis? Like, do you understand the landscape? Do you understand people who decisions that might be made, like you, they don't do what you do, but they're trying to just figure out how to be creative because their budget just got cut. Like you need to understand the landscape and the market forces in a different way. I think there's a lot of retooling to be done. Talk to me about what are some of the really key strategies that you set up to deploy a customer experience that was untouchable, that was superior than your competitors, that made your CROs love you more than some of the other competition? Yeah, it's complex, no doubt about that. The one thing I think we did really well at Clary, and I would highly encourage organizations to think this way, is to identify who the critical stakeholders are who are gonna measure their value deliver. Oftentimes, especially CS organizations can get really, really oriented and over-index on the individual adopters and consumers of the technology. And they're chasing these like long tail metrics around how, and they're trying to bring up the, the average number of users that are in the system. There's a little bit of a trap that you got to avoid there, especially in the situation of Clary. We identified very clearly that there was a cascading aspect of stickiness. CRO doesn't use Clary. Good luck, right? Good luck. That's going to be a hard fought battle of trying to get a ground up approach when we know that in that organization, like with many revenue organizations, they are very tops down driven. You will submit your forecast on Thursdays. You will update your deals in stage four with X. You will follow this methodology, right? Like it's very tops down either from the key leader or maybe from an, a sales enablement function. So we at Clary knew that we had to understand that persona. We had to zoom in very tightly on how they used the product how they were deriving value from the solution, how did our solution change their workflow in ideally a very positive way. And then downstream, were we impacting material metrics? Was forecast accuracy improving? Was average deal size increasing because of better deal inspection? Were close rates improving because of better deal governance and methodology adherence? These were things that were central to our value proposition and so as opposed to having everybody chasing, do they know how to click that button? Do they know this feature exists? That's a very caloric and sometimes fatiguing effort. But if you can really hone in on the person that's going to drive a cascading influence, you can get so much more bang for your buck by really developing the champions at the highest level and aligning with their expectations and value requirements. Yeah. What are a couple of other things that the CSM or the CS leader does that ends up with a surprise when it's an easy fix? Having deep relationships and high degrees of engagement with the wrong people. Full stop. You, you can get hit with a false sense of confidence because you've got the sentiment, promotership, and invested time and effort from the wrong people. They're not the people that come crunch time are going to be the ones that are going to keep you around. They're not the decision makers. They might be the project sponsor. They might be the, the owners of a departmental initiative, but they're not the final sayer. They're not the person who's ultimately going to decide, is this thing at or above the priority line of other things I'm considering reinvesting? You have to understand where you engage, to what degree, and are the people you're engaged with in the influence center of your retention and hopefully growth. Yeah. 
I like that a lot. So how do you make sure CSMs even know how to do that? Because that was something that I was going to bring up, which is like happy years. A lot of CSMs that grew up in the world of just service delivery, NPS, CSAT, they just, you know, their job is to make people happy. And as a byproduct of that, they're happy themselves with happy years. And they hear things and they're like, ooh, like health score is green. Person just said it's good. So we must be good to go. And they get hit surprised with the churn. And then they log it in their CRM or CSP and it was like, my champion told me we're good, but we still got flanked. So like, that's an unacceptable answer. And that begs to me the question of, in a market like this, where CFOs are ruthlessly canceling software every single day, they are forcing consolidation top down and you're not multi-threaded with the right people. That to me is like a skill set that most CSMs seriously probably don't have. So how do you get the CSMs on board? How do you get them the right training? Like, how do you teach that? Because that is such a mission critical skill. It's multifaceted. The first step you need to understand as an internal business is who do you care about? You've got to map out the personas that play different roles in your customer journey. The onboarding of your technology or service as project champions, executive sponsors, whoever it is. And then what does that evolve into as far as like that sustaining stage of consumption and utility of your service or solution down to crunch time of renewal, retention, and growth positioning? Those personas evolve throughout that process. One thing that's really important, and we're deploying this right now at Drata, making sure that you take inventory of those people because you can't do anything with them if you don't have them identified. So we've broken out our key contact roles into what we call identified critical contacts and what we call strategic contacts. So identified and strategic. And each of those buckets have different contact roles. So it might be a champion, an influencer, a business user, a sponsor, right? Those would go into the identified contacts. The strategic contacts are things like your decision makers your executive buyer, your executive sponsor. These are things where we now roll up at the account level, the count for each account, the count of people in those buckets of identified versus strategic contacts. And if we are below the watermark of what we expect for each segment, we will create a CTA for our CSM and account manager to drive additional multi-threading. Because maybe we're nine months into the contract. And we still don't have an adequate number of people in these different buckets. We'll, we'll light a fire to the team to say, guys, you got to lean in. And whether it's on the next QBR, whether it's in that next customer touch point, you've got to ask the following questions and we'll surface up discovery questions around who is the ultimate sponsor of success for this project? Who is the individual that should we not deliver on this outcome? Who is the person that's going to be ultimately accountable and responsible for articulating that miss to the CEO. You got to go ask the right questions. That last part is important because to your point, Kevin, not all CSMs have that degree of comfort around going and asking those types of discovery questions and really digging into the organizational dynamics of the players involved in the project or service you're providing. One of my favorite moments in my career was I was at an exec offsite at Salesforce and I remember Mark Benioff's had everybody in the room. If you're in sales, stand up. And the salespeople stood up. And he says, I want you guys to all look around right now and realize how many of you think that you are in service of the growth of our company. Because everybody who's in sales is helping the organization grow. Build the revenue. Build the customer base. Keep the customer you have. 
So if you think you're not in sales, that's fine in terms of your job function, but everybody is in service of growth. And so if you're in product or engineer or CS or in services, and you think that somebody else does the selling, you're missing an opportunity to surround sound the customer with this belief that there's something next in the journey with your business. Yeah. I love that. So I've heard that story many, many times. I think they've written blog posts about it. Mark Benioff is obviously a legend with one of the biggest SaaS companies in the world. The only adjustment I would think of in, in this market coming from a CS founder is I would ask that same question, say, how many of you think you work in customer success? How many of you think you work for the customer? And you'll see that just the customer success managers will stand up when in reality, revenue growth comes from great customer outcomes. And great customer outcomes come from a great customer journey and great customer experience. And so when you ask that question in this economic climate, I would bet Mark Benioff would agree. They've changed their tagline on Salesforce to be the customer success platform because they know it is all about the customer. And, and so, that comes back, Kevin, too. It's starting to interrupt, but that comes back to something you said before, which I think is really, really great that you already have this point of view. And I think everybody listening should have this point of view, which is customer success begins at the very, very first moment that somebody gets a pop-up ad on LinkedIn, or they get that first SDR-driven inbound email, or they get that first cold call, right? That is that first moment where customer success starts to be planted into the brain of a prospect, which is, am I going to have long-term success with this company? Is the product, is the team that I'm gonna engage with, is the, the roadmap of where this company is going in service of my long-term success? It's not a function that lives in post-sales. It's the entire narrative of early prospecting all the way through to the long tail of managing that customer's hopefully multi-year, multi-decade relationship with your business.